Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to the TNT Real Estate Podcast. You know, I almost I almost said the KT Temple Real Estate Podcast. I almost did that right there. Don't have it, it's hard to break. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, we are, uh, well, my name's KT Temple. I'm the host. And as always, I've got my co-host here with me as well, Ken Temple. How's it going, man? Good. You're, don't forget your nickname, Dead Man Walking. I know, man. This what? Saturday. Four Very. days now, four days till the big Very. day. Yeah, yep. you guys don't know. I am getting married in uh, uh, well this weekend on Saturday, and then I will be hopping on a plane and going to Tokyo for two weeks. So you guys are stuck with my dad. We'll we'll talk about that at the end. But uh, before we do that, I want to I do want to say something. Today's a little unusual. Um, it's it's early in the morning, as KT likes to say, and we're actually taping this, and it will be released today. Usually, we're a couple of days ahead. But just want to say a prayer for everybody down in Florida and, and through the southeast with the Idalia that's hitting today. It, it's it's bad. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of need down there. So uh, be sure and, and, and say your prayers and, and uh, look for ways that you can help the people down there. Yeah. So um, we're going to go into some stuff that I am starting to get into, but my dad has dealt with now for a few decades. And we're just going to talk about uh, Kent's real estate investment history and strategy and kind of how that's changed uh, over the course of that time. So um, to get started, when did you buy your first house, Ed? Uh, my first house, uh, it, I bought what I considered uh, early because I was 20, 23, 23 when I bought my first personal residence. Okay. Yeah, which was that was, you know, well, I was only a year out of I was only a year out of college at that point. And and your mom and I bought that together. Remember when we bought that, your mom was 19. So we were uh we were definitely the youngest people in the HOA. I bet. <laughs> but mom was still, so like, you know, with the wedding coming up, all I've heard is like other people's wedding stories. And mom just told me that when you know you guys got married, that when you hopped in the limo. Uh, both of my grandmothers were in the limo with you guys. Yeah, the, the, they said they're born with us. This is true story. And I was, I was like, is that because you were underage? She was like, I was twenty three. I was like, okay, still, that feels too young still. <laughs> well, actually, she was. She wasn't twenty three. She was only twenty two. But that's still illegal. In <laughs> so, <laughs> so, tell us about buying that first house. So, well, I mean, that was it. Was a condo. It's so funny. It's it, we bought it for like ninety two thousand dollars and a. Uh, you know, we then we, we get married, and and eleven months after we get married, you're born, and then fourteen months after you're born, Hunter's born, and suddenly we couldn't live in a two bedroom condo anymore, and so that ninety two thousand dollar condo we bought, we sold for ninety thousand dollars because it was a crazy market. Okay, and but but the thing is, at the at the end of the day, we we learned a lot, um, you know, about what to do, and and because we had we had been putting money into it, uh we had the money in hand that we had, you know, that we built up the equity on that house. We had the money in hand to go purchase a brand new construction house. You know, we moved, we moved straight into that. And, you know, it's it the, the American dream, four bedrooms, two and a half baths, uh, nice fenced in yard for, for these little munchkins that all of a sudden we had, you know, you know, running around. And then, and from there, you know, we moved, we moved uh, every, every couple of years. It's, it's always been, it's been a lot of new construction. And we did that until we got to the house we wanted to raise you guys in. And we and the thing is, we moved in that house. We moved three times. Uh, boom, boom, boom. But you know, we got in that house, and I think when we moved in, you were seven and Hunter six, and Freddie's two. You know, 
And and we stayed that we stayed all in that house all the way through until Freddie graduated high school. We were there 17 years. And this is before, so so these first couple of houses, this is before you guys were in real estate. Yeah, yeah. Well, all of um all of them were before I was in real estate. Your mom got in real estate. Uh when we bought the, the house I was talking about, we just had you and Hunter, and we did, we bought the American dream. You know, here we had two-story house. It wasn't a big yard, but it was fenced in. But you know, being kind of rookies with this, it we had a steep driveway. And although we still lived on a cul-de-sac, your mom did not want y'all riding a hot wheel down that driveway, especially not Hunter Dean, who, you know was wild. And, and, you know, that was the whole thing. And that the whole, she got in real estate. You know, I know she's told this story before she got in real estate so that she could um, uh, put a patio out back. Cause I couldn't afford it. You know, we, we didn't make enough. I mean, your mom really wasn't working at that point and I didn't make enough money when I told her she got in a patio. She, she always says it's the only time he ever told me no, cause he learned not to do that. And we got the patio, but eventually that wasn't enough and the school system. And so we moved to, we moved to um, right down the street from the ultimate house and we built that one. And then we moved into the house that, that we raised you guys in. But it, it's just, it was a learning process. But the cool thing was, KT, is, you know, every time we've moved, we, we've moved up because we had the equity in the house that we were moving in, that we moved into, that we had gained. So therefore, we had a bigger down payment and could get a bigger house. There's no, you know, um, we were not born into money. There was, you know, there's no, we just worked to get there. And we just did it one step at a time. And so what were some of the big, takeaways or ahas you had in purchasing real estate before you were in real estate because it's a much more uh, it's a much different experience doing so when you have the license so what did you get out of it doing it without the license that why do people do this you know <laughs> you're going through it right now you know i thought i was going to have to uh, change your name to the name of the mortgage company just to you know get it, to get it and especially because i've always been self employed so it was it was a nightmare it, it was it just isn't it still pulling all that stuff that you have to pull is hard but at the end of the day and typically this is probably a stat that i would that i would say at the end but you just keep in mind homeowners net worth on average is 36 times greater than renters Home ownership is the greatest forced savings program in the world. It, so, you know, I didn't know that at the time. Um, it was really Pam's dad. Pam's dad said, y'all just need to buy something. Yeah. Hey, that's I mean, he just said, you don't need to be renting. You need to buy something. And so that's why at 23 and 19, we bought our first place. And the and, reason we start here, guys, is because this is, you know, if you haven't purchased a home, this is this is an investment. Just buying a house isn't just buying a house. It is always an investment, no matter what. And it's something that I find incredibly challenging uh, explaining to my clients, you know, especially if they're first time home buyers. They think of this as their personal residence and not as their investment. Real estate always goes up in value long term. Always, always, always. And even if it doesn't, you know, if you and I, if you and I, if I went and bought a house today and you went and rented a house today, and our payment was exactly the same. And, and we stayed there 10 years. And at the end of 10 years, I had not gained any value in the house. Well, I'd still be ahead of you because first off, your payment went up all 10 years. So you've been paying for the last nine years, you've been paying more for it. If we started the same, rent goes up every year. I basically locked in my cost of living for 10 years. So I won there. But also, at least some of what I paid every single month went toward the principal on that house. So even if I sold it for the same, I was still building up equity. If I, and that's KT, that's if the price didn't go up. Well, real estate goes up. It's hard. 
if, if you hold at least three years, it's very hard to lose money in real estate. There's just very few times in history and you, and the timing just has to be terrible for you to hit it. It has to be in a big downturn. And KT, we've, we've already had the big downturn of our lifetime. That was 2008, nine. And I don't, you know, the, the downturn we're in right now doesn't, doesn't look like that one at all. Prices are not going to tank right now. On that note though, that, that situation was different. You didn't lock in your 10-year price that you were paying 2008 2007 your your loan your your cost per month exploded for most people well you know, so, so a lot of people a lot of people had those arm mortgages and things yeah. like that. yes that, that for some people they did but again um man you're you're kind of crazy to do that um there's a lot of unknown factors we talked about this on here that um in the UK you know they have very they have very short loan terms and then, and then their loan resets it's from two to five years, and most of them are three years. They're long resets every three years. Man, can you imagine if our if we did that in this country? Casey, right, you know, right now people have got loans well under three percent. Can you imagine waking up and go, oh, it resets today, and it goes from under three to today we're about seven and a half. Well, I mean, if you've studied, well, if you've gone back, it's it's. Pete, I just saw a funny meme um, that you know it's it's always a scary time when the Big Short is trending on Netflix. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And right right now it is. I watched it the other night again, but that's you don't have to imagine it. Just go watch the big short because it's exactly what happened to a lot of America and yeah. how kind of people got into those loans, um, not understanding them. So uh before we get off track, let's 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 jump back to um let's talk about your first time investing in real estate. Yeah. Okay, okay, everybody not- listening. Everybody listening, KT just does this because he loves to hear about my failures. He he cannot wait. He's been chomping at the bit, you know, to do this. Um, Content's content. Well, so, you know, uh, (laughs) Gary Keller, and everybody knows that I follow Gary pretty closely. Gary says this. Gary says, invest in what you know. So we invested our first. I was in, Bam and I were both in real estate at this point. She was in first and I'd gotten in. And uh, we came across this commercial real estate deal. We could buy this office. And a tenant was and a tenant had a signed lease and it was locked in. And so we bought it. And then a year later, found the same deal. Another, here's a here's an office space, tenants locked in with a long-term lease. And so we bought it. And so now with partners, you know, we had these two commercial properties and it was awesome because somebody else was paying that mortgage. I mean, we were and we were actually putting a little money in the bank, you know, just hey, let's and what we were doing, KT, we used the money that we made off the first one on the monthly. That was the down payment for the next one. You know, it was like, we're just gonna do one a year. This is great. We had a commercial guy finding us the deals and 2008 happened. And basically both of our tenants um, filed bankruptcy, went out of business, just left, just done. And all of a sudden they were tough to rent. When we finally did get them rented, we were renting for less and we were having to put money into them. And, and were you guys the one renting these out? We owned them and we're renting them to other people. Yes. You were you were managing the properties as well. Right. You didn't yeah, have we had them. Yeah. Okay. And it was easy to manage because it was just it was a it was basically an office and a strip center. So each each suite was owned by somebody else. There's no upkeep. There's it was just very little. I mean, we were just collecting checks. But the thing is, Katie, we didn't we didn't understand what we got into because it was commercial real estate. So, so now this happens and we're basically having to kick in all of a sudden about a thousand dollars a month. And then one day I get I get this letter and it's from the mortgage company. Hey, by the way, um, you know, your loan is coming due. Well, I didn't know and I, we didn't even realize really, we didn't pay attention. Is in commercial real estate, a lot of those are on seven-year arms. And at the end of seven years, 
what you do is in the seven years, you refinance. What you still owe is basically what you do. But when they sent us the letter, they said, hey, and um, yeah, we don't we really don't want this loan anymore. And like, why don't you? And they said, well, when you bought it, it was worth 300. And now, you know, it's worth 220 and you don't have enough equity in it. So we don't want to do it. And nobody wanted to do it. And so now basically we're looking at we're looking at a potential we're, we're looking at putting a bunch of money into it, uh, to try to scrape the money. We didn't have it together or you know, uh, your only option is to buy it outright. Is, is that yeah, that was it? Because nobody we find so we finally talked the bank into the, the, the bank. We finally talked them into give us a one year loan, and they at a very high rate. They charged me an appraisal, which I'm like, y'all know what it's worth, and it was like fourteen hundred dollars for the price. They charged me for an appraisal. They give us a one year loan at a terrible rate to give us time to. to and Katie, I was mad. I was mad. I, I would look at our partners and, and I would go, I, just give me the keys. I'm, I'm, I will take them to the bank president. I'm going to put them on his desk. He can have the damn things. I was, you know, I was furious, but, you know, uh, fortunately my, my partners, the, the partners were three women and they were, they were a lot cooler than I was. And um, basically what we did is, is we kind of, we, we kind of split them up and we sold them and we, KTO, both of them, we sold them for what we owed on them and just walked away. You know, we didn't, it was kind of, we didn't have to really bring a check to closing, but we didn't leave closing with a check and we got out of them. And unfortunately, this really turned me off to real estate investing. Uh, it, it just did. I was like, okay, that's not my thing. So I started investing in real estate related things. You know, for example, I own, um, your mom and I own four real estate brokerages. I'm an owner in a title company. I've been an owner in a mortgage company. You and I, you and I now, um, we own the franchise for Cyberbacker in the Carolinas, which supports real estate agents. So I went that direction. I went something a little safer um, to invest in. The problem is, is in, in those investments, they're safer and they make good money, but the sell value of them is not always what it would be if you invested in real estate. And so finally, you know, I've come back around and went, okay, Gary says, invest in what you know. I know residential real estate. And so that's, so now in the last few years, I've got back in and invested in, in residential real estate because I do understand that at a high level. Here's a, a sad thing. It left a bad taste in your mouth though, because it was a, over a decade, right? Till you it, was a, it, was a, it was a decade. From the time, I, from the time we sold the two commercials, so we bought our first uh, residential property was over a decade. And like I say, I invested in a lot of other stuff that, and it's done well because it's real estate related. I understand it, but it was a long time. It took, uh, you have to remember, I was not, I was not raised uh, in a business atmosphere. You know, I was, I was raised in, in an atmosphere where you, you go to work and you work for the same company forever. And you retire with a pension plan and I don't have an MBA. So I didn't have that direction. Yeah. A lot of times I say this, you know, uh, Pam's father, uh, passed away very early, 57. He's 24 years. And Pam and I talk about it. You know, he had a he had a a business mindset. And uh, if he if he was here, I I would it would probably look a lot different in in what we did. You know, he he um for example, he got into video stores before anybody else. Blockbuster came out and went, okay, I'm going to mimic Blockbuster in every small town in North Carolina. So he got into the, and, and his background was grocery stores. He got into these video stores. Well, he was a genius. He actually is one of the few people that saw the end of them. And he got out of all of them. He sold all of them before anybody else did. And it's funny, I, I still remember 24 years ago when he passed away, the next thing he was getting ready to do, and we would have been part of it. And you and I probably would not be doing this podcast right now because we'd be doing something different. He was getting ready to go big into um, storage units, 
which 24 years ago was not a big, you didn't see them. And now they're on every corner. And he was that one of the safest investments you can make. And he was that, but it's so expensive now because everybody's doing it. But he was that far ahead of his time. He was, he got ahead of that one as well. And that was going to be the deal. So I had to, I had to learn these, you know, I had to learn it. So I didn't have anybody. And yeah. So yeah, 10 years, it took me to, to um, get back in. What brought you back? Do what you know. Uh, the stat I was about to say a second ago, uh, 7% of realtors own investment properties. 7% own investment properties. And here's the thing, Katie. Let's say, Katie, let's say you work for Apple and you're high up at Apple and you find out, oh, wow, right now, Apple stock's getting ready to go through the roof. So you call your dad and go, hey, dad, go buy some Apple stock. Just trust me on this. Just go buy. So I go buy Apple stock and the next day it goes through the roof. And we sell and we make, a, we make a bunch of money. That is called insider trading. And you will go to jail and I will go to jail and we'll get fined a bunch of money and it's not pretty. In real estate, we have uh, legalized insider trading. We get to go to the houses before anybody else does. And I can, go to a, I can go to a listing appointment and I can say, you know what? I want to buy this house. Or I can call you and go, KT, you need to buy this house before anybody else has the opportunity. Because we have the inside information, yet only seven percent of realtors own an investment property. That's that's pretty sad. Well, and it's it's a you know you use the Gary Keller analogy. He invests in guitars because that's what he likes and loves and knows about. And you've got so much experience in residential, it just makes sense to go into that and invest in that. But I would also say you were talking about family members influencing influencing you. I would say you also got back in because you had a little bit of help now. I do. Oh, you mean you mean your brother? Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Uh, everybody knows this. I have no discernible talents outside the fact that I can talk. That's pretty much it. KT, sorry, you inherited that. You're not that talented either. And then we had Freddie. And Freddie can do anything. He can fix anything. And I can at Freddie's least say, hey, I can at least fix your computer. You okay? You do have some computer knowledge there. I'll give you that. <laughs> that if I need to know, you know what Pokemon that is. Those two things you got. Um, but Freddie can he can just do anything. He's a home inspector now. Uh, he's got a remodeling company. I mean, he can just do he can just do all sorts of stuff. That's when when you can um, if you're going to flip houses, you make the money when you can do a lot of the work. And that's that's really up. That's why our strategy has been um, let's buy and, and flip. Let's buy houses that we can fix up. The good news is, is right now, uh, in fact, uh, KT, you and I were reading that article that came out from Redfin yesterday, and investors have backed way off of buying houses because housing demand is down and interest rates are high. So when when Freddie and I are out looking for houses now, and we're looking for um, things that that need work, there's not many people looking at those. And what Freddie and I did, so you got Freddie that can do stuff. I went out and I partnered uh, with a guy with a guy named Todd who knows how to find these deals. He finds off-market deals. So he's our partner in it because I want people knowledgeable. And so like right now, we're under we're under contract to buy four. And we're having to take, we're having to take us, we got money back. We're gonna take a small loan. We're gonna buy four. Three of them are all brick and they could be updated eventually. We don't need it now. One needs to be updated. So we're gonna go, we're gonna buy three, we're gonna update the one, we're gonna flip it. That'll pay off the loan in full. And then we're going to own these three outright. Then at that point, we get to make the decision. Do we sell them? Do we keep them? Um, if we keep them, what we'll do is, and, and this is probably, this will be a, a podcast. We'll bring in and we'll talk about this 
uh, in the future. What we're going to do is if we decide to keep those three, we'll pull the equity out of them. We'll take a loan against them and go buy more. And you just and you just build it over time. Our very first flip, we made $115,000 on a and it was a it was a house we bought I think for 285. That is an anomaly. In fact, Todd who's done this 100 times said that's the most money he's ever made on one flip. That's what people think they're going to do. We got lucky on the first one and that's well, that, was, that was just your timing. I mean, y'all y'all yes. Started that right at the perfect time with COVID. It did. It was it was a it was a very unique property that we were able to really increase the value on. And 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 Todd said, yeah, the first thing he told us was, guys, this was awesome. Don't ever expect it to happen again. You know, on, on that, you know, to, to make that kind of return on your investment, uh just don't expect it. So you have to know, but that way that we will, in fact, we'll probably get Todd on here, maybe, maybe somebody else, and, and we'll talk about okay, how do you do this? You know, how do you fund this and, and buy these? But he did. He found these these four houses off market. Um, we're getting a good deal on them because we will take them all. And th- because they, they all had tenants in them. So if houses have tenants in them, they're really hard to show to prospective investors. It takes somebody, you know, that. So it, it was it was tough to put together. But again, if Freddie's our partner, Freddie can go do a pretty good quick home inspection and give us a good idea of what's going on really short and not affect the tenants too much. It gives us a little bit of advantage on, on who you partner with. And if I had to guess, you wouldn't be so aggressive about this new real estate endeavor if you didn't have Freddie or if you didn't have Tom. If if um so the well, for example, I have another investment property that your mom and I just bought. And it is um it's a duplex, but 100 percent of the outside is taken care of. There's no yard work, there's no roof work, you know. That would be the kind of investments I would do. I would do things where it would be limited on the amount of things that I would have to do because if I had to do them, I'd have to pay somebody to do them versus somebody that can do them themselves. That's another thing is I'm not going to manage these properties. I'm okay paying the additional, whatever it is, 8, 10, 15% a month. I'm okay giving that away and have somebody else get that phone call at two o'clock in the morning um, You know that the air conditioner broke. And, but that doesn't mean you have to. You know, everybody gets to do... Yeah. If Freddie owned, if Freddie had his own properties, he'd probably manage them himself because again, he can do stuff. So what's what's the final takeaway from this? <laughs> well, invest in what you know, but real estate is one of the safest investments that are out there. And Katie, we said this, I think it was on the last podcast. Um, 39% of the people in the country own their house outright. And another 31% have at least 50% equity. So 70% of the people out there have 50% equity in their homes. It's just sitting there. You should think about pulling some of that equity out and going buying an, buying an investment property. Especially now that a lot of investors are sitting on the sideline and you're going, but interest rates are high. I get it. But go, but you know what? Prices right now are flat and even down in some places. And that's not going to stay. Go buy at the low price and the high rate and we'll just refinance it. It might be two years till we refinance now. Because I think, you know, we're seven and a half now. I think it's going to be in the next year before we get in the sixes. And it's going to be a while before we get under six. But, you know, if you go get it now, as soon as it goes under six, just just do it. And we need to do it. We need the one thing I would add to that. And we probably could do a whole episode about this is just build a team before you go and do it, because it really just makes you one just safer, you know, compared to your commercial investment, this residential investing now where you've got 
somebody to fix the properties. You've got somebody that has inside knowledge of the properties. And I'm sure we haven't even talked about half of the people that help you with these residential purchases that you have a part of your team now. Yeah. Just just go get a, just go get a mentor. That's all you got to do. Just go, go get a mentor. Um, and, and have somebody do it. That's what I did. You know, now, you know, the next thing me and Freddie are talking about, we're going to buy a house without Todd. It's okay. Todd knows it. It's okay. And then Freddie wants to get to the point where he can buy a house without me. You know, he wants to build that up. So. Well, great guys. Well, um, like I said, going forward, you'll have um, a few extra episodes without me here. Uh, some. Now, actually, hold on. So let's go into So next week, next week uh, is, is, uh, is Tammy Young's. Is going to be our guest. Be on here for that. She's amazing. Okay. And KT and I are going to take that one before we leave. So even though he won't be here. So that one he's going to do with me. But the next week, it's just me. So get ready. If it even happens, it will be amazing. So that, the, the next two weeks, uh, get ready. Tammy's next week. Uh, Joseph Closex, the following week, it's going to be big. Hey, guys. And always remember, like and subscribe to the podcast. Please leave us a review if you can. It really helps us out a lot. Uh, Also, remember, if you are looking for some leverage in your business, feel free to reach out to Carolina Cyberbacker uh, to find a virtual assistant to help you with your business. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, KT.